Welcome to Young and Finch, the podcast created by Korean millennials. Hey guys, welcome back to the Young and Finch podcast.、Uh, this is episode 37, and I'm here joined with Brian and Andrew. And for this week's topic, we are excited to have a guest for this episode.、Um, she goes by the Instagram handle Plant Mama, that's M A H M A H, and she has quite the social media presence. She has 18.1 thousand followers on TikTok, 29.4 thousand followers on Instagram, and most importantly, she is my close friend and a new friend of the pod, Tiff Ma. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, everyone! Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Welcome.、No, super stoked to have you. Thanks for coming on. And thank you for clarifying that my last name is M A H M A H. People miss that. <laughs> no, the、uh, actually, I just to interject right off the bat, I actually saw an Instagram account called Plant Mama, just M A M A. I don't know if that's like a copyright infringement, but you know, whistleblown、mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, you have a huge、uh, social media presence, and you know your, you know your reels and your TikToks are crazy.、Um, but for people who might not know you, and people, some of our listeners who、uh, you know aren't familiar with with your account and your content, would you be able to give us a, a quick little intro about yourself? For sure, for sure. Okay, so like Josh was saying, my name is Tiffany Ma, also known as Plant Mama.、Um, I'm a plant consultant. And environmental engineer based out of Toronto, Canada. I create content on both Instagram and TikTok to educate people on houseplant care and the challenges of plant parenthood.、Um, mostly, my content is geared towards like beginner plant parents and whatnot. But honestly, it's like plant care for me has been such a form of therapy and self care. So I hope to like share that across my journey on Instagram.、Um, but yeah, that's a little bit my, about myself. Nice. No, I love that. I love plant parenthood. That's like a pun in itself. Plant parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because people will say like, for millennials, plants are the new pet. Like、mm-hmm. yeah. people aren't having children as much anymore, so it's like plants are the new pet, and pets are the new children. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think、uh, I don't know about you guys, but in my I guess not immediate circle, but people around me during COVID. Started going and again, Tiff. I, I'm sure you can attest to this, but during COVID, people started going crazy over plants. Is that、mm-hmm. is that something that actually happened, or was just my、uh, just my circle? No, one thousand percent. Like it's it's a trope that's like talked about a lot in in the plant community.、Hmm. Um, <laughs> some people will be like elitist about it and be like, "When did you start plant parenting? <laughs> like, was it during COVID or pre COVID or like whatnot?" But、um, yeah, like I think that. Because of the pandemic and people were forced indoors, people really craved、um, people really craved interaction with nature, and、mm-hmm. the only way they could really do that was bringing nature indoors through the form of houseplants, right? Yeah. So I feel like that was a huge th- that caused a huge increase of the uptake of plants within houses. Yeah, makes sense, I agree with that hundred percent. So many of my coworkers. Are talking about plants and they're like doing these like plant trades in, in the department and they're always talking <laughs>、yeah. about plants. So,、um, personally, like I don't know too much about plants, but I love to get to you know 
you know, learn a lot from this episode, but mm. mm-hmm. seems like uh, there's a very large amount of population that are um, into this hobby. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think what the nice thing about plants as a hobby is that it doesn't discriminate. Like it can be any age, any background, like if you're into plants, like you're going to be my friend because we have so much in common already. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a really interesting community to be a part of. Yeah, I think it's also fun to grow plants because I mean, I, like Brian, I don't have a lot of experience and like the only experience I have is to the extent of growing, you know, green onions. <laughs> right. But no, but like, put it in water? At, at your window Yeah, still. exactly. No, but even <laughs> yeah. that, like seeing the progress yeah right was interesting yeah so like imagine if it was different types of plants right so i could see the um like the growth aspect putting like investment of time and you know because you have to water it every or every few x amount of time yeah you see the appeal yeah exactly i see the appeal exactly yeah i think uh just for the record you know none of us are plant experienced by any means i think i had a basil plant in high university and it died um so yeah hoping to pick up a few things uh during this episode as well yes. yeah for um sure. but i guess the first question just because uh you know I, I i've heard your story before but you know andrew and brian as well as our listeners probably aren't aware and maybe even some of your listeners but how did you get started with the whole plant, I mean, now you're a plant consultant, plant stylist, but, you know, how did you get to that point? Mm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> okay, the origin story, I guess. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I was always surrounded by houseplants. Like, my grandparents, they are the OG plant parents. <laughs> um, like, literally, I was a kid playing around in the dirt while they were gardening, like, massive veggies just all over the place. Mm, oh, Josh, I love that. Josh, I feel like you've seen my dad's garden. Like you can attest oh, to, yeah, it, you can attest to how he definitely has the green thumb. Um, but yeah, I like my own personal journey with plants um, really started growing in 2018. Um, in 2018, just to give some context, uh, it was my last year of university. Um, it was a really difficult year for me because. Well, one, I got a concussion, a traumatic brain injury in February of 2018. Um, and then shortly after, like maybe a month later, one of my best friends passed away. So mm, it was yeah. two really traumatic events that happened within a short period of time. And if, if you're not really familiar with like how a concussion can affect a human, um, like, especially because this is my second traumatic brain injury, the symptoms were quite bad, like to the point where I had to isolate myself for like a week. And like from the doctor's orders, like I couldn't stimulate myself in the sense that like, I mean, like day to day life is very stimulating, right? Um, yeah. You have your phone, you have your computer, you have your TV, whatever. Like I literally had to sit in my bedroom and not do anything and for someone who is like like very into i mean like we're all just like overstimulated all the time right so to just be forced into that type of isolation like that um and to not be able to 
do any of my normal routine was really difficult for me. And especially because like, I mean, we're millennials, we're on our phone quite often, we're on our computers quite often, right? Yeah, um, 24-7. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because of that, like I had to find other ways to to occupy my time, right? Um, for It was mid middle of winter at that time, so um, not much to do, especially in Waterloo. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, okay, I want to be able to do something where you know like I was I wanted to be able to do something where I could be around nature but at the same time it was like the dead of winter right so I looked up some local greenhouses and nurseries around me um and honestly it I remember so vividly like the first time I stepped into that greenhouse because it was like I was transported into a different place altogether um, mm. I was so like connected with the plants, the nature all around me. Like it was just such a surreal experience. And honestly, plant care, like plants for me was truly the gateway to healing for me. Um, like I told you about the traumatic events that happened that year. Yeah. Um, it was evident. It was kind of inevitable that I would fall into a, a deep depression at that point. And Plants were like that crutch for me because the only thing that really got out of got me out of bed some days was knowing that I needed to take care of my plants. Like, hmm. and that's a really common thing within plant parenthood because plants are like a a reflection of like how you care for yourself. Sometimes, hmm. if I'm neglecting my plants, I'm likely neglecting care for myself too. Damn, I mean, Rita, sorry to hear all those things that happened in 2018. But at the same time, I'm glad that, you know, plant was like a a source of, I guess, motivation and, um, you know, a reason for you to just kind of keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it honestly, like, like looking back on 2018, like, I feel like I've made my peace with that year. But honestly, if that all didn't happen, if 2018 didn't happen, like, I would not be where I am right now like I would not be mm-hmm. where I am in my business I would not be where I am in life like I'd yeah. probably be still working in a corporate job nine to five mm-hmm. so what was the first plant that you got very first plant I got was a snake plant mm. it is a very beginner friendly plant I know that so one. highly recommend that <laughs> one <laughs> snake plant. I gotta write that down yeah <laughs> knowing me I'll probably kill that <laughs> <laughs> snake plants are like notoriously like the go-to beginner plant just because they don't need that much light to thrive and they don't like they kind of thrive off neglect so it's good if you're not (laughs) over water or anything sounds like snakes sorry (laughs) (laughs) so that at this point um you know just coming out of 2018 um you opened the the doors to the plant nursery and the greenhouse you're like ah you know it's a new (laughs) life um how many plants did you have in your repertoire at that point? So that day I walked out with like five plants, maybe Jeez. Um, three of which are still with me. Thankfully, oh. Oh, um, two of them rest in peace, but that's uh, okay. Hmm. Um, plants will die. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really dove deep into the hobby. Like I really like, yeah, I really dove deep into it because it was, it was something that was like occupying my mind and, time and brought me joy um Mm -hmm. yeah it really did help me heal 
Yeah, I'm cur- I mean, I'm sure this question was going to come up, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Like, how did it transition from a hobby mm-hmm. to like a full time thing? And like, mm-hmm. when did you re- realize that potential? I guess. Mm. Mm. That's a really good question. Um, so I started off my plant Instagram. So that was 2018 that I was telling that that whole story was 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I started my plant Instagram page, Plant Mama, in 20. 20- End of 2018, I want to say. Either end of 2018 or early 2019. Mm -hmm. And the reason I started that page initially was because I felt like I was annoying all of my personal Instagram followers. Um, (laughs) Mm. Because I kept posting about my plants and like no one cared. And I was like, I feel like people should care about this. And I feel like I need to find my community of people who would care about this. Yeah, Um, And like, that's how I started off my plant Instagram. I started just documenting my own process and growth throughout through plants um and i was able to find my community there um i feel like i started taking it more seriously let's see how yeah let me let me think about this how did it really become full time oh okay i i okay so I'm going to spit some facts on you guys. So, <laughs> spit, 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 sister. <laughs> so influencer marketing as an industry um, is projected to be a $17 billion, no, a $16 billion industry by 2022. That's It's projected. Wow. And even in 2020 alone, I think it was like a 40% increase from 2020 to 2021. Mm. So... Okay, money aside, like it's it's a huge industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea that I was gonna like when I started that plant Instagram. I had no like intention of becoming a plant influencer or whatever. Right. It was really just literally to share my journey through with plants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until like I feel like I started getting some traction from from followers and my community being like, I really resonate with what you said about that plant and. Not just like mm. plants in itself, but like the fact that I was really shedding light to things that people don't usually talk about on their plant Instagram. Like it being like a curated feed of like the perfect pristine plant. And I feel like that translates into, you know, Instagram in itself. Like it's always that mm. highlight reel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really showing like the nitty gritty of things and people really appreciated that. Mm. And it really was like an outlet for me to express that creativity of myself and just be real. Right. Um, I started seeing more traction on like TikTok and Instagram, saw that I kind of had like a knack for, for content creation, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think the one big opportunity opportunity that really was like a defining point for me was when um, Home Depot Canada reached out to me to do wow. a campaign. Damn! Sheesh. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, it was it was really surreal. Like I was like, Sh- shit. Like, <laughs> sorry, can I swear on this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just like, damn, I can't believe I'm getting like. I'm getting exposure like this. Like it's, it's, it was wild to me. Like it was beyond my like wildest dreams to social like, media. Honestly, man. Yeah, like, honestly. Crazy. Yeah. 
um the fact that like i was headhunted like mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like they saw something on my page and wanted me to create content for them like gardening content for them mm-hmm. damn that's um, dope mm-hmm. it, w- it was honestly like such a great opportunity i learned so much from it um and it really just kicked off from there but aside from that because influencer marketing is is a part of what i do but being a plant consultant as well um as i was gaining a following and traction um a lot of people were coming to me in my sliding into my dms with a lot of plant questions right like to the point where it was kind of overwhelming yeah um and like i've always wanted like my mission with my instagram page has always been to make plant care more accessible for everyone. Mm. Um, and that's how I kind of went down the route of plant consulting and plant styling. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It, it, I guess it just very naturally happened. Yeah. Like, and then you had like a really big bang with Home Depot, which kind of kickstarted off it, everything. Right. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I did, did you see a, you know, steady growth, exponential growth after that Home Depot exposure or? Mm, honestly, <laughs> I think my growth started before Home Depot reached out to me. Mm. Um, like for my content creators out there, hop on IG Reels, hop on TikTok like that. Like video-based short-form <laughs> content is just mm. king right now. Right. Yes. Um, that's I, I honestly attribute a lot of my growth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start but, doing TikTok? When did I start doing TikTok? Uh, January of 2021. So just this year. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And like TikTok is much like the growth I saw on TikTok was much faster than I did. I saw on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. TikTok's like crazy right now. Mm -hmm. TikTok's like TikToking right now. All I can think about TikTok is like those like dances, like those like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I feel like everyone... Like when they think of TikTok, they just think of teeny boppers dancing, (laughs) (laughs) and like those silly trends. But it's it's honestly like a it's a really good platform, and I think that people miss it, like are sleeping on it if you think that it's just like um, Gen Z's dancing. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like a lot of millennials shy away from it because Mm -hmm. they were first exposed to those dances by Gen Z's. (laughs) But I know TikTok has you know tags that they could look into like specifically yeah. right but like what do you it, mean tags oh like like genres like let's say they want to look into, oh like, yeah yeah sports like right? search tags and yeah stuff. search tags yeah 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 so like, even for myself i'm like i'm like hesitant to get tiktok because <laughs> like i don't want to see like charlie dm what d'amelio uh she literally <laughs> never shows up on my feed unless it's like someone roasting her right, right. <laughs> <laughs> my point being is like i was like that's what tiktok represents to me right so it's like i yeah but i i I should get on it i heard it's like really good for other stuff too it is especially like because like coming from me because i had all the all the um what is what's the word all the sentiments that you guys are expressing now like i thought all of that Mm -hmm. but like being on tiktok and being a content creator on there like it really levels you up as a content creator because true it it well first off like the algorithm is so much better than the instagram algorithm mm. in the sense that you know the whole like 
uh, pay to play type of thing with like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Like organic marketing is is hard, right? Mm-hmm. On Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Whereas TikTok, like you could literally, Andrew, you could literally create an account, post a video, and you have the chance of going viral tomorrow. Oh, really? Like, and I'm not kidding you. Like people, that that happens all the time, all the time. Interesting. And it's almost like a lottery ticket system. Like if you post a video. You all, each time you post a video, you have a chance of going viral. I bet. Do they use like tag systems too, like Instagram, or do they just are they more like, um, like lenient in terms of like promoting new content? Lenient, very, very lenient. Like, oh. I, I think the way that the okay, I'm not an expert in this, but the way that the algorithm has been explained to me for TikTok, yeah, is that um, and it's it's similar to Instagram, but I think the organic reach on TikTok is just just far surpasses. Mm-hmm. far surpasses um instagram but say you post something um it first gets shown to like maybe a hundred people mm-hmm. within your local area mm-hmm. and if it passes like a play rate then you get moved on to the next stage and the next stage and so on and so forth right mm-hmm. um so it's very easy for you to like gain traction and i wouldn't say it's easy to go viral but it's mm-hmm. um it's easier than on instagram I so guess. it's kind of like a ripple effect it's like as if it hits those numbers like those play mm-hmm. counts it'll just hit a wider and wider like number of people and just exactly. keep going in that kind of sense and the other thing is that like with tiktok like i was saying before that the organic reach is just insane with tiktok right like yeah on instagram when you post something like maybe 20 percent of your followers sees that right like mm-hmm. with the algorithm they they always boost whatever they want to boost right yeah. whereas on tiktok like every single video i post like i reach new People? i reach i reach a new community like it's not just shown to my followers like it's on mm, your wow. fyp on your for you page like mm. you could show up on someone's for you page and you'd be easily discovered, right? Whereas, like, yeah. it's hard to kind of get organic reach on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- once Instagram updated their algorithm, where it's like before, it even the homepage used to be chronological, and now it's all fucking yeah. wacky shit, dude. Yeah. Like, I see stuff for like it's like five seconds ago, and then it's like a post from three weeks ago. I'm like, right. what the fuck is this? And there's so yeah. many ads now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Holy shit. A lot of ads. I mean, I'm okay with that because I get money from that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're going to have to start a TikTok account now. Yeah, you guys do. Like, yeah. if, if if you get anything from this episode, start a TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. No, I just All don't right, want to so be like, Boo the peace for the All right. If any listeners want to see Andrew go viral on TikTok, uh, DM us on Instagram and we'll we'll start an account for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true i mean to be fair i have never once danced on my tiktok not and yet I still have a mm, not yet not Tiff. yet not you're yet. gonna do tusi slide with uh two monster plants in your hands bro. <laughs> i swear to god yo viral video right there <laughs> um i have a question in terms of your current i guess technical title as a plant consultant plant stylist um you know i think f- from conversations with you it's kind of a, a role that you kind of like created and kind of grew into organically seeing as how you know things were shifting with with your plant sales as well as social media and things like that and uh you know what you want to do with in, in the in this industry right but mm-hmm. for people who don't know like, what what does that mean like what do you do as a plant stylist and a plant consultant mm. 
Good question. Very good question. Yeah, I feel like I, not me personally, but like I feel like the plant niche in general is such a new and upcoming yeah. field that like most people don't really know what plant consultants do, right? But mm -hmm. me personally, what I do as a plant consultant, um, so I mean, an array of things, but generally speaking, if say, uh, say Andrew wants to get into plants, right? He mm -hmm. he knows he wants to get into house plants, but he doesn't want to kill them. He wants to be able to style his home, um, bring nature indoors, but he just doesn't really know where to start. Right. Um, that's kind of where I come in. I'm, I come into your home. Um, I assess like your lighting, your lifestyle, um, and recommend a set number of plants based on our consultation, um, so that it really thrives in your home and your care because everyone's environment is so different everyone's lifestyle is so different yeah. so it's a very like curated type of um, service that i provide and mm. then so like think about interior decorating but yeah. with plants right um just as like an interior decorator would come into your home and kind of give you a design proposal on the type of furniture pieces you would get based on like your your aesthetic and whatnot i do that but with plants and um yeah, I do that with plants. And then the plant consulting side of that, I also offer uh, virtual consultations just because my following is not just like local, ba locally based. Um, actually, majority of my followers are from the States. So being able to offer that virtual service and being able to help plant parents around the world um, has been really fulfilling for me. So, you know, People can schedule people from Dubai. Like I literally had a client in Dubai Damn. schedule a one hour consultation with me. And we just went through her problem plants. I walked her through. I walked her through different types of plant care tips. It's really to help my clients and yeah. their plants thrive. It's interesting. It's mm -hmm. like in terms of like a business perspective, I guess that's a better bang for like if we're just talking like money, it's probably the better bang for your buck because you're getting paid then based on experience and knowledge as opposed mm. to like a product right and that makes mm -hmm. you a lot more valuable um but that, that's super interesting it's like you're, you're really just curating like a system and uh like a, like a schedule that works for them based on whatever they give you like you know i'm working nine to five and i mm -hmm. you know i'm this busy and i have three dogs and whatever so exactly like i literally take all that into account because i'm not going to recommend non-pet friendly plants or if i know you're away on work a lot then i'm not gonna recommend high maintenance plants either right. right so it's really curated to the type of lifestyle you like my clients have right yeah that's Damn. a sick job that's super sick yeah thank yeah. you thank it's like you. such like a such like a unique and yeah. like like so such like an original role you know what I mean? like, a, like a job mm -hmm. work life yeah <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing before uh, I studied environmental engineering at, in university, so I mm -hmm. was a environmental engineer at a consulting firm, engineering consulting firm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of similar to what you're doing now, or is it completely <laughs> irrelevant? Um, kind of irrelevant, because, so, I mean, environmental engineering has a lot of um, different sectors within it. I was in the municipal design sector so i oversaw like a lot of um municipal projects in terms mm -hmm. of like like more civil engineering based mm -hmm. um but i wouldn't say that like what i learned in environmental engineering doesn't directly correlate because i feel like there are some tidbits that i 
like, well, I think the biggest takeaway from going through hell of engineering is the work <laughs> ethic. And discipline. Um, yeah, probably. Discipline. Um, yeah, enough. work ethic was a huge problem solving. Huge part of it. Problem yeah. solving, critical thinking. Yeah, yeah. All, all, that, that. all that BS. All that, yeah, all that definitely. BS. Hey. I, I just call it BS, but it's like, it does help you with all that stuff. But I just personally just call it BS. <laughs> all right, all right. I see you, Andrew. No, I mean, it's just, you know. To teach, teach their own, own right? Yeah, to teach I their know, own, right? I was playing, I was playing. I think another, like, difficult part of that is that, like, for me, I think if I was to, like, tell 2020 TIFF what was going to happen, like, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is such a, like, wild ride. Like, mm-hmm. it's, well, first, being your own boss is just a journey in its own. Um I think people sometimes like glamorize quitting your nine to five and like mm-hmm. pursuing your side hustle as your main hustle. Right, right. Um, but people don't always shed light on the really difficult parts of entrepreneurship. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a lonely journey sometimes. It's mm. yeah. being your own boss is difficult. Um, no one like like if I don't want to wake up at nine a.m. and get to work like no one's going to fire me because I'm my own boss. Like, I'm not going to fire myself. But, like, yeah. you know, like, I am I was never a morning person. But, like, when I was working my corporate job, like, I had to get up or I would get fired. I had to show up to work every day or I get fired, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, I mean, I feel like maybe not everyone has this tendency. But, like, being able to, like, have such a free schedule but also being able to maintain some structure or some semblance of structure Mm. is important to like just important for yourself in general. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. been really difficult for me to navigate that in some ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe because I'm just conditioned for the past 27 years to be part of a system, but like, it's just, it's, it's a difficult part that like, I feel like not everyone talks about in entrepreneurship. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, sure. Would you say your work hours increase or de- stay the same or decrease? Um, I work like <laughs> I've seen like so many memes about this because I follow a lot of like different entrepreneurs. But like yeah. people will be like, I quit my nine to five yeah. to work twenty four seven. Yeah, I, that's, that's <laughs> the reason I'm asking because I, I saw that. Yeah, movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I feel like Josh can kind of attest to this because like, like I I. In the beginning, I was hustling and grinding quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, to the point where I, like, kind of retreated from, like, social activities because I was just, like, grinding, like, grinding yeah. so much. You're locked um, in. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I've been able to find a happier balance, a better balance, mm-hmm. um, because I think what made me feel like I needed to work 24-7 was the conditioning of... Like, I need to be productive all the time. I need to be hustle and grind. And I need to do all this so that I can be successful, right? Like, yeah. it was like a... I was I was working in approving energy. Yeah. Whereas, like, what's the point of that? Like, I got out of that rat race. I don't want to get into another rat race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So just being more mindful about that and knowing that, like, my job is not a typical job. Like, I'm pursuing my passion. Like, I am really passionate about this. Mm-hmm. And just being mindful with my time about that because why make my job my 24-7 life when, you know, there's so much more to life than that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess safe to say 
you found a nice balance. Still working on it, but yeah, I don't work 24-7 now. <laughs> better than, better um, than before. Let's say ballpark like 60 before. hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, a, just you know, casual 60 hours. Yeah. True, true, true. Um, in terms of your interactions with clients, because I think that to me is like the most interesting part um, of like, I guess your current um, like job in terms of what you do. Well, one of the many things that you do, of course, um, but as a, a plant stylist and a plant consultant, um, I was wondering if you had any funny horror stories or bad clients because i mean they come you know every industry every job has bad uh, customers bad clients and things like that Uh, i just wanted to see if you had any good stories Hmm. i have been quite lucky and i haven't like experienced any like karen type of clients (laughs) (laughs) thankfully and um i think i'm lucky in those regards because i feel like if someone is coming to me and has like plant questions and like wants to hire me for those type of services like it's a very intimate type of service right like i'm coming into your home i'm doing like i'm curating like plants for your home like right it's a very like personal experience i feel so like i have like good working relationships with all my clients um i think yeah like i'm trying to think if i've had like any horror stories but like nothing really comes to mind um which is good like i i think that you're you're totally like right that like every type of industry does have those type of people and like bad experiences i've been lucky to not have that but I've definitely had my fair share of negative experiences in my entrepreneurship journey. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it's like clients. It's more so like um, what I do with influencer marketing and having like brands completely lowball me or not respect Mm -hmm. me as a content creator, not respect my craft, not respect my art, um, Mm -hmm. trying to gaslight me and Mm -hmm. like tell Mm -hmm. me that I'm like, like I've, there are some horror stories in, terms of like influencer marketing and brands not knowing the boundaries um yeah or not respecting my boundaries mm-hmm. um but yeah in terms of like my job as a plant consultant thankfully no yeah well, that's, that's good to hear mm-hmm. yeah i mean once you get into like marketing and advertisement and you know like sign like, like what is it like sponsored deals and stuff like that i'm sure mm-hmm. that's where like the the corporate hand wants to squeeze out as much money as they can right so right right and the the thing is like i'm always one to support small businesses because i'm a small business myself right yeah but when they try to come to me and be like give me like a list of deliverables like an insane list of deliverables they want me to post this this and that and then be like I'm a small business, like, we're a small business, like, could you do all this for free? And I'm like, bitch, I'm a f- small business myself. If, if anything, I'm smaller than you. Like, so it's just like the audacity of some people, um, some brands. Um, That's tough. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it, I had a, ahead, oh, so yeah, I had a question to, uh, kind of relating to what we were just talking about, but like, in such a, unique field like yours how do you know like your worth and like how much like you charge Mm. your clients like like for our like uh, traditional field right you could just go to glass store or something right and you could gauge the level Mm -hmm. but like some some 
I figure like something like a field like yours, you can't really find. Mm-hmm. It's not really out there, right? So like, I'm just wondering how we could, like, how do you value yourself and right. find out that value? That is a very excellent question, Andrew. <laughs> I am so glad you asked that <laughs> 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 because it was like a whole journey for me. Like it was a whole self worth type of journey because right. if I don't know my worth, like, why would my clients like be willing to pay? If I don't know my worth, right? Yeah, for sure. And they could lowball you too. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And like worth. not, yeah, not only clients, but like also brands who reach out to me for sponsorships. Like if I don't know what my content and my creation and my craft is worth, like they could completely just um, lowball me or scam me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really interesting that you pull up or you mentioned Glassdoor because I, I remember those days of like co-op days where you're <laughs> trying to like. Yeah, just trying to make sure that you're not getting the lowest pay or something. You're just trying to gauge where you can position yourself in the market, right? Yeah. Um, mm. Especially with, like like you said, with, with um, plant consulting and just this niche being such a... Sorry, this job being such a niche field. job. Niche yeah. field, niche <laughs> yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely was difficult because I had all those questions. I'm like, how, how do I price myself, right? Yeah. Um, I started like trying to, like when I was doing my initial research, like I was seeing like what other like similar fields do like in interior decorating or um, any type of other home services, right? Mm-hmm. And like just seeing, because like it's a, it's a similar business model, right? Um, right? And also just seeing like what other uh, online coaches are 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 offering too because like right. I feel like the world of online business coaches is like a huge field in itself but yeah, like yeah. right and mm-hmm. like I have a business coach myself and like she has been such a like powerhouse and like sorry she has been such an influence in my life in the sense that I now charge what I feel like I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And before I had so much like imposter syndrome being like, Oh, I can't charge that number because I, you know, didn't go to, I was, I'm not a professionally trained, bot, I'm not a professionally trained botanist. I'm not, right. you know, this and that I made excuses for myself. Right. Um, you know, and I was completely lowballing myself. And there was a time where I was charging like very minimal, very minimal dollars for my services and I felt like it was so misaligned because the amount of work and time I was putting into these projects was not at all aligned with the prices I was charging Mm -hmm. and so I feel like anyone who's like kind of starting out in a more newer niche field and is trying to figure out their pricing I feel like you will find out your pricing through the process of working, honestly, because yeah. you're going to realize that like, dude, I'm getting paid like less than $10 an hour. Like this isn't even minimum wage for the amount of hours I'm putting into this project. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like for anyone who's like kind of struggling with their worth, like you really just have to realize that like, even if you charge like high ticket prices, like you will attract those type of clients because that's what you're open to right like if you choke hold and like stay at that lower dollar price like you're gonna attract lower dollar clients like it's just mm-hmm. a different clientele yeah that's a good will, point right 
Right. So you, you only get what you negotiate, right? Right. Yeah. It's like you're doing a disservice to yourself by pricing yourself at what you think is like reasonable. Exactly. It only hurts exactly. yourself, right? Exactly. It's a disservice to yourself and a disservice to your clients too, because if you're, you know, lowballing your own services, it kind of seeps into the services that you're providing to your clients because you, in like subconsciously, know that you're it's worth more, mm-hmm. and like not all of your, mm-hmm. um, like your energy is not aligned with like what you're doing. You know, like it, yeah. it, it can sometimes bleed into those client interactions, and I don't want that. Like I want it to be. I want, like, between me and my client, like, they are paying for a service and I am providing that service, right? That, that, at the end of the day, that's what that is. And the quality of my services is worth a quantity, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I wanted to mention is, mm. um, like, with negotiating and stuff, like, I was, like, Josh, like, in this last year, I've, <laughs> I've just grown so much as a human being because, like, I never, yeah, like, I was never one to really, like, negotiate pay. Like, I was, Mm -hmm. like, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, and I'm sure you guys can all relate to this. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, I don't know, especially as, like, especially as an Asian woman, like, Mm. in this field, in a STEM field, like, when I was working in STEM as well, like, Mm I was not always like I just was like timid to like even renegotiate contracts like it was always such a mm-hmm. nerve-wracking experience sending back that offer letter with like an email being like can is there room to negotiate whatnot <laughs> right. right right um but now I feel like I completely like have stepped into my own worth and like I know what I'm worth if you're mm-hmm. not going to meet me there goodbye <laughs> like see you later see you later and this is not for clients this is more so like in terms of brands and sponsorships cuz yeah. like I feel like I hold like I hold myself to a higher standard and like I want my brand my brands and collaborations to meet me there. Definitely. Um mm-hmm. so I think my negotiation skills has improved drastically in the last year because of the bullshit I've had to endure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a negotiation is a really good skill to have, so. Mm. Yeah. But no, that's uh we love to see that love and the um, evidence going forward. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, you you raised a good point that I want to touch on a little bit too, as your experience as a, a not only an Asian Canadian uh, business owner and uh, you know social media content creator, but also as a woman. In well, I mean, again, I'm I'm not sure I'm not too sure about like the intricacies in the current plant market demographic, so I can't really speak on that. But just in terms of I guess your experience overall, like how has that been? Because uh, you know, for those of you who don't know. Um, Tiffany's background is uh, from Hong Kong, right? Chinese Canadian. Yep, my mom's Chinese from Canadian. Hong Kong, and my dad's from mainland China. Mainland. So Chinese Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, CBC. For those of you who don't know. Um, yes. But yeah, what's your experience been like um, with, especially with social media and stuff like that? I feel like a lot of things have changed recently, especially within the past couple of years, especially for like us, uh, Asian Americans, Asian Canadians. You know, I think we've been shown in a much more positive light recently but um yeah just want to hear from from your experiences a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think i was saying like at the beginning of this podcast about how like i think plants as a hobby like it really doesn't discriminate and yeah it's it's great because it's such a diverse set of people within the house plant community um so thankfully like i have not experienced like any racism within 
like my career as a plant consultant or on Instagram even. So whenever I'm like sharing about like sometimes on my stories I'll just like randomly show up and sometimes like I'll like my mom has been in some of my stories my Instagram stories and like she'll be speaking Canto and then like I'll have like followers DM me being like oh my god are you Cantonese like people like a lot of people don't even know that I'm Chinese right yeah and then like just being able to connect on that level with some of my followers is just so like special because I mean I grew up in Hamilton so it's a predominantly white neighborhood community Um, and it wasn't until I really went to Waterloo and went to university that I like started seeing other people who looked like me and really embracing my culture. So to have that be so openly embraced and welcome on my Instagram page is just so nice and just so special. Um, and just like, it's fun to be able to share, that side of me because i feel like growing up maybe i inherently like tried to hide it but now i like fully embrace it Mm -hmm. i think um how you started your business like during the i guess you start like the business kind of started during covid right yep a lot of you see in here a lot of stories of people like quitting their nine to five and pursuing their passion Mm -hmm. and so i think it is because of that like being a factor like everyone encourages you to like try your best and follow follow what you're doing because it's like not everyone can do it right but um yeah no i I think it's good it's something that i think a lot of people will be jealous about because like it's like you know making money off of your passion Mm -hmm. yeah is there someone that I think you talked about this before, but is there someone that like um, that you had like a mentor figure that just kind of helped you out along this process, or was this just uh, um, just through you know trial trial and error kind of thing? Or so the beginning was more trial and error. Um, mm-hmm. It was I'm not gonna lie, it was all me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, but I do have a best business mentor that I that I hired and have worked with for the past like three months or so um Mm. and she's been incredible but she's not in the plant niche so she's not even in the plant world she's Mm -hmm. like purely a business coach so Mm -hmm. in the beginning like it was quite difficult to navigate like everything by myself um especially just i mean like everything like it's it's so overwhelming being a business owner because not only not only do you have to wear the hat of i mean being a plant consultant whatever like whatever you want to go into right as a business but you have to wear the hat of like ceo and janitor and everything in between like i'm literally Mm. doing everything for my business so Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) there are so many little things that you you may not factor in when you're starting a business and it's a lot It, it definitely tests you as a human being (laughs) <laughs> right but i'm sure it's all worth it for you. it's extremely fulfilling it's yeah, extremely yeah, exactly. fulfilling to be doing something that i love exactly yes. so yeah. not everybody can say that so yeah, yeah. congrats thank you <laughs> um this is one more question um i guess this you don't have to answer this question it's a little bit more personal but like is there one challenge that you just kind of had to work on during this entire process and um like something that you invested your time in learning or 
um, you know, was there like this hurdle that you had to go through when you were um, like doing this business? Mm. If that makes any sense. Kind of. Like, give me an example. You mean like aside from uh, like the plant? Um, yeah. Aside maybe from, like, like marketing and... or maybe like how you um, like advertise and get yourself out there or. Um... Okay. Um, yeah. I think traditionally, like, I think a lot of businesses, okay, no, I'm not going to speak for all businesses, but I feel like marketing is a, is usually like a big factor in a lot, in, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of businesses succeeding or not. Well, no, okay. <laughs> Reaching masses or not, right? Um, but for me, because I, w- I started off on Instagram and I started off from like the social media side, like that was like my strength. So that, mm. that, that definitely came in handy. I think. If I was to choose something that was something that I had to work on and improve, it's definitely mindset. Like mindset was a huge thing, huge thing. And self-worth was a huge thing. Um, I, we kind of touched on this before, but I think just stepping into my own as an entrepreneur, like I didn't even see myself as an entrepreneur. Like I, it was hard to call myself an entrepreneur because I it, sometimes it felt like it was still a side hustle. Sometimes it felt like, Mm-hmm. what the hell am i doing like how did i just start yeah. this yeah. career out of nowhere like it was a lot of mm, intrusive thoughts and like negative thoughts would come up um and i think mindset is just such a huge thing especially because like this business is a part is like a soul extension of myself right so it's just like if my mindset is not good like how can i expect my business to be good mm-hmm. you just know gotta do it Keep and what's some of the things that you do to improve your mindset? Mm. <sighs> That's very yeah. good. Very good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going a little. I'm going a little deep here, but do you do like meditation or do you? Um, I don't know, self care. Because I, I think you you talked about mental mental health in the beginning too, right? So right. yeah, you know, I think it could be beneficial for a lot of people that are listening to definitely. And we've also touched on know. mental health before too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know. Love Especially nowadays that. with COVID and everything, like mm-hmm. everybody's fucking cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. Well, Especially... I wouldn't say cuckoo, but like you know, <laughs> struggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry, could you pose the original question again? Uh, just like, what were some of the, uh, I guess, methods or therapy or mm. like self healing that that you engaged in? In. Right. So I mean, plants, one hundred percent. Like a lot of people say, plant care is self care, and I completely like abide by that because like right. i mean there's just something Infinite like loop. like yeah like i mean you guys are beginner plant people but like sorry, <laughs> beginner <news>. gardeners <laughs> i don't know we're like we're like lower than we're like lower than beginner <laughs> negative <laughs> negative yeah. we're like potting stage right now <laughs> <laughs> you're in the seedling stage it's okay exactly <laughs> <laughs> everyone's on a different part of their plant parenthood journey but um like you guys have kind of you you guys see the the beauty of like seeing a plant grow, right? Yeah, like no, see, I yes. yeah for sure. I said in the beginning, I definitely see the appeal to it. Right. Like, if I had a bigger place, I would get like plants. If I had a balcony, I would That's get an plants. excuse, Andrew. You can start today. Nah, <laughs> my my place my place is like less than five hundred square feet. So dude, that's not an excuse at all. I live in a 500 square foot apartment with like 100 plants. No, but like, I, have, I, have, I don't have a balcony and I have a dog. And if you see my place, like, you'll trust me. Well, if you call 1 800 Mama, you can get a plant <laughs> consultation. First 20 minutes is free. 
<laughs> oh, I remember my question that I was gonna ask in the beginning. Okay. Wait, let her answer this question first. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm gonna ask after this. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Why are you putting me on the spot, bro? Relax. <laughs> Sorry. That's You're okay. Saying. Um. Yeah. So plant care was definitely a huge part of self care for me. Um. Not just like being able to see my plants grow, but like, like just the magic of being able to nurture something and know that like if it wasn't for you and your presence and your actions like that plant would not be alive and would not be thriving like i don't know there's just something really powerful about that it's just Mm. very fulfilling in itself um Mm. and and not only that like plants for me like i was saying before is 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 really a reflection of how i'm caring for myself right so like when i am Mm. neglecting myself i am definitely neglecting my plants as well um Mm. And it's just been like a really good mirror into my own personal mental health because like, like I said, like it's, it's just like a mirror for me and how I'm caring for myself. But not only that, like plants in itself, like when you're doing any type of maintenance plant tasks, like say wiping down leaves, spraying it down, um, repotting, anything like that, that is literally like my ultimate form of self-care because I will turn on a podcast, turn on Young and Finch (laughs) and listen to some episodes and just do some like plant care because it's just like just to zone out and like do any type of plant care while listening to podcasts. Like that is my favorite way to like end a Sunday. Like it's just, it's, there's something therapeutic about it. Sounds so chills, honestly. Yeah, honestly. Um, But aside from plants, um, other things I've been doing to just like help with my own mindset and my own mental health. Um, therapy for sure is a huge one. Um, not just plant therapy because plant therapy is a thing in itself, but also real mm-hmm. therapy with a therapist. Of um, yeah. Meditation has been a huge thing as well. I think mm-hmm. plants really help you to be mindful. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because like, if you're not like, just like light plants in itself like there's just so many intrinsically there's so many life lessons intrinsically found in plants um Mm. like like for example plants never rush their growth right like they will Mm. grow at their own pace and you can't ever rush it and Mm. that's the same with humans like you can't really rush your own growth goosebumps off (laughs) damn (laughs) and there's just so many life lessons that you can you can really like I don't know, like, there's just, like, I'm trying to think of, like, other ways that I've been able to, (sighs) let me think, let me think. I was kind of mentioning before that, like, plants move at their own pace, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they react to the world around them, but they're always moving at their own pace. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes we want plants to grow faster, but ultimately they are the ones who dictate that speed. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, like, plants has just really taught me a lot about patience yeah. um it's just that we need to be patient before we can see results sometimes yeah for mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah it's interesting how like i'm sure like you learned a lot of lessons through this new job of yours or this new passion of yours mm-hmm. but it's like it's interesting that you saw something like you learned something from a bit right um yeah no, i just want to say that <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I was I was gonna ask because um you mentioned that you 
have this plant therapy that you lean on to kind of calm yourself and um, stay, stay zen, if you will. Mm-hmm. But having this be a part of your work as well, I've, I imagine that it sometimes be stressful, right? Because like I hear a lot of things where if you mix passion with work, you lose that you passion. Lose the passion, mm-hmm. yeah. So like I'm, I'm just wondering how it's for you because mm-hmm. I, I, you said that it's like, like it's therapeutic for you to, you know, wash the leaves of a plant. Mm-hmm. But I figure like if you do that like every single day, like every single minute of the hour, it'll get mm-hmm. tedious, right? Yeah. So I'm just for sure. Like how how do you? I, I guess you said that you keep the balance, but um, is it therapeutic still? F- like and did did it did you lose any of that level of therapeuticness mm. after you introduced you know working with as a <laughs> I'm like dragging this on but you get what I'm saying right yeah no I <laughs> I fully get what you're saying because I like very good question Andrew because like I there there were some moments where I was like if I come home from a long day like I sometimes don't want to interact with my plants because I've been interacting with plants all day right but. Like, uh, how do I explain this? Like, it's it's something where when you're mixing passion with work, I think it's really important to maintain boundaries in the sense that, right? Okay. like, if I'm, like, because even, like, yesterday when I was, like, looking at my plant collection, I was like, oh, I want to, like, do this one plant task, but, oh, I have to, like, I'd have to shoot content for that. I'd have to do all this and that. And then every single plant task becomes, like, a chore in itself sometimes if I feel like I need to create content or always have to be on, right? Mm-hmm. right? But I think making sure that I have those boundaries in those days where I'm like, this day is purely for myself and not for mm-hmm. my business. Like, mm-hmm. And if that involves plant care, then so be it. Right. But I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to go into it thinking that I need to mm-hmm. film content for it or like I'm purely doing it because I want to do it and not because I think that my community might benefit right right mm-hmm. how do you, i'm curious how sorry like how do you create those boundaries like i know i'm like each individual entrepreneurs have their own boundaries that they personally adhere to yep but like what are what is yours if you don't want me sharing no no for sure i, I um i'm still working on this so I, yeah. I i can't be like i'm on the other side and like i have these strict boundaries and i always <laughs> adhere to them like it's it's not like that it's definitely like yeah. a transient boundary um I think just being able to set, like, it's so much easier said than done, right? Like, like, do you have hours? Do you have, like, set days that you work or, like, schedule? Yes. Yeah, do you have weekends? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes and no. Or, or is it, like, flu- Yeah, I mean, if it's fluid, it's fine, right? I'm just... I'm just curious. Uh, pure so curiosity. the thing is, I, I'm still like playing around with this because it wasn't until like literally last week where I started implementing more like time blocking stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that I could be the type of person that could like be spontaneous and like go with the flow and like right. do whatever I feel called to do that day. But like that shit don't work for me <laughs> <laughs> at mm. all. You, you need some sort of structure. You do. You really yeah. do. At least yeah. I do. Um, because... Sure, like, for the people who can be spontaneous like that and still get work done, like, all the power to you. But just, mm-hmm. I was lying to myself and thinking that, like, if I didn't have a schedule, I'd be fine. But, yeah, um, yeah, like, in the past couple of weeks, I've been playing around with, like, time blocking and, like, just making sure that, like, not having, like, a strict boundary, like, of, like, okay, from, like, 
nine to ten I'm working on this and I have to do that right. like no like it's more like Tuesdays and Thursdays are my client days like that's when I take calls that's when I'm if if they're in-person calls then sorry if they're in-person visits then I make sure that I know it's either going to be scheduled on a Tuesday or Thursday mm-hmm. so I usually block those days off mm. um, and then like Mondays and Wednesdays are usually my more admin computer days I like to call them my potato days because, <laughs> I, <laughs> because I don't have to like look good I don't have to like it's it, I right. can just like roll out of bed and like do work and it's fine oh you're right? the potato <laughs> <laughs> Who did you think was the potato? <laughs> I thought your head was the potato. Like your mind is a mindless, like potato mind. Oh <laughs> no, I am the potato. <laughs> because like, especially because like, when I was I was saying that Tuesdays and Thursdays are my client facing days. Like, if I don't have a client schedule for that day, then I will still get up, do my makeup, get ready because they're usually my content creation days, right? Mm. And so just having those type of days. Um, kind of laid out kind of keeps me on track but i'm saying like kind of hesitantly because uh, things things pop up things Mm -hmm. things are transient like things Mm -hmm. will pop up but um just being able to have those boundaries in place just keeps you sane and oh another major thing that i want to say um i always say to my like i'm always very transparent with my plant community my plant community and I just always like whenever I'm feeling like off or I'm feeling like I'm going through something I sometimes feel inclined to like share it with my audience because not that like I owe it to them but like it's almost like therapeutic for myself to like talk through it into my audience and like just you know like sometimes who knows like someone might need to hear that like someone might need to hear that I'm struggling and that's okay. Like, yeah. and just like showing up, even though I'm struggling or showing up, even though I might not want to show up or just like showing up and being in all my realness is, is, and if that can help someone because they feel less alone in their feelings, like that's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. You were mentioning something. I don't know how I got into that. <laughs> uh, uh, the question was like the boundaries. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Oh, thank you. Okay. So, that brought up something because um, when I, it was, Josh, it was actually after our camping trip. Um, I kind of like reassessed like how often I felt like I needed to be on and answering DMs and just mm. like, cause like, I feel like I had this internal self-imposed pressure where I felt like I needed to be answering or like being on 24 seven. Like I needed to be answering all my DMs. I needed to be answering comments, but like, that's not healthy for me and it doesn't serve my community because if I'm burning myself out, then I'm of no service to anyone. Right. Yeah. So like I let my community know, like I was like, I'm not going to be responding to DMS as quickly. Um, I'm still going to be here sharing my journey with you guys, but like, just to let you know, like I'm investing more of my time into my paid community. Um, the people who value my work and my experiences and stuff like that. So just, letting them know that and and like that had a very like positive um response because people understand that i'm human people understand that there's humans behind these businesses right i'm sure they appreciated the honesty too right exactly exactly (laughs) um so i do i really do appreciate that about my community and Mm. just being able to share so freely with them 
Yeah. That's tough. All that freedom of being an entrepreneur, it's, yeah, I, I think it's tough where to draw the lines of, of boundaries and what's, you know, productive and what's counterproductive at a certain point too, right? So. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, some like a year ago, I thought that productivity was, you know, doing work, um, doing anything that had to, was involved with work, right? But like yeah. sometimes productivity can literally be you resting, right? Like that can be productive yeah, too. Definitely. And just kind of unlearning what productivity really means. I really don't like the word productivity because it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the hustle culture, you know. Yeah, it's a toxic yeah. hustle That's, culture. Yeah. it's toxic. It is. Yeah. I think we touched on that a bit too, like the whole grinding. Um, yeah. Trend. Mm. It's uh, it's good. It started off good, but I think there's definitely some negative aspects to it for sure absolutely yeah um to bring it back a bit more towards the plant itself um you mentioned i mean we mentioned we're you know young and finch uh andrew brian and myself we are all plant noobs um for any listeners you know some of your followers some of our followers maybe some of someone's followers none of ours um if they're getting into or they want to get into plants they've seen your content they saw your reels they say hey that looks pretty good um what's the best place to start uh oh if you have any words of advice can i can i add on to that question it's like that so um i want can you while answering that try to advertise yourself and differentiate like tell us what differentiates you from other plant other services and while you're doing that can you juggle <laughs> with three hands and <laughs> no, I'm kidding. well damn okay uh i will try <laughs> or is that no too pressure, much no pressure yeah, you don't have to, if it's too much you don't have to do it <laughs> um okay let me get a sip of water first and toast you because i feel like you like you mentioned you, you're you're like your clientele your demographic is kind of like new plant uh, I don't know if that's a word, sorry. Like <laughs> noobs who are trying to get into plants, beginner right. plant, take carers, caretakers, new plant mommies, new plant daddies. So I'm sure I'm sure you have kind of like a like a set regimen or like a five-step process. Like maybe if it's not like so like explicitly set out, you know what I mean? Like you've probably been through this so many times already. Yes. But also, no, because, well, yes, but like, <laughs> but <laughs> the no. reason I was saying no is because, like, it's so different from client to client. Like, true. of course, true, I true. have like a, a foundation and like a framework of yeah. what I'll ask, mm-hmm. but like, you know, humans are so unique. Like, the, like, every client is so different. And like, even though I do like have like set beginner plants that I usually would recommend, like, yeah, it, like, different people are, like different how do i phrase this um different people have different needs yeah different different people people have different tastes in plants right like some people like vining plants some people like really bushy full looking plants some people like (laughs) the tree type looking plants right like whatever that is like it, it, it i try to like cater it to their aesthetic and their wants and needs okay but at the same time for my plant people out there, they'll get this joke. Um, you guys might not. <laughs> but if, like, you have a north-facing window and you live on, like, the third floor of a 
building and it's completely obstructed and you basically get no natural light and you want a fiddly fig it's not happening like i gotta oh, it's break not happening. like it's not oh, happening oh, oh, like, that. i got no that fiddle league fig for you <laughs> I got Yo, that's hilarious <laughs> fiddle on out of here you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's hilarious I thank you for laughing at my oh, sorry. <laughs> but you okay, feel so me then, like yeah no 100 percent. i get it so yeah. Yeah, for like this is like a general maybe like a general introduction like a general guide or like uh, recommendation tips uh for like typical nine to five yuppies mm. um that just want to just want to get into it what's like the best place to start mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay first off i'm gonna debunk the myth because i feel like a lot of people, their very first introduction into houseplants is getting succulents. And I'm like, mm. why? Because first off, suc- like, like I mean, Josh, like, succulent. Andrew, when we were at Waterloo in SLC, like, I swear there were always, like, pop-up shops of, like, and they were always selling succulents. Like, Yeah, there were. Right? In SLC, like, yeah, there were. I, right? What's a succulent? Like, they're like, the more like smaller s- succulent... Oh my god, I can't use the word in the definition. The more um, succulent plants. <laughs> they're like cacti. Cacti, um, yeah. they have they're more thicker like, leaves. They're more in like desert areas. Yeah. Um, like kind of like aloe plants almost, like baby aloe plants kind of. Yes. But not really. Aloe plant so is like a type leafier. of succulent actually. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Is um, succulent like a, like a taste that you describe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they taste succulent. If you, you try one too. Yeah. <laughs> literally look up succulents and you'll see what i mean um if i I hear succulent all i like think of is like the meme where it's like noise (laughs) (laughs) that's what i think of (laughs) so dirty sorry sorry wait so you're saying you're saying you should not get a succulent to stir well like i feel like a lot of the clients that i talk to like their first introduction into the houseplant world are succulents and i'm like they're they're not the most is that cringe beginner friendly plant is what mm, i'll say interesting because, yeah like and, and it's funny because like even though succulents are like their gateway into the houseplant world like it's like it's not the most beginner friendly because well succulents cacti they need a lot of light to thrive right mm, and i feel sense. like a lot of beginner plant parents from my experience um especially the ones that like really want to do well, they may tend to overwater those plants. Mm-hmm. And succulents and cacti, like they do not like to be overwatered. Like they like to be, their soil needs to be as crispy as KFC before they are watered again. <laughs> but like, like new plant parents might not know that. They might think like, oh, I need to water this every day for it to yeah, grow, that's right? Yeah. Right, like it's intuitive. Like that's yeah. intuitively what you think, right? But like especially with succulents like they they do not like think about cacti that live in the sahara desert like they Mm. literally go through months of drought right so their leaves are so much thicker so they're able to retain that water and moisture within their leaves so that's why they're able to go through those drought periods whereas like other type of tropical houseplants they are more resilient when it comes to overwatering or sorry they're more resilient in, 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 in essence. And yeah. so, A, succulents, not the most do beginner-friendly houseplant. Right. And plus, they're 
don't know. That's my own opinion what? is that they're not the greatest plant in general. Like I think they're like to look at. Yeah, they're just kind of like. You think they're ugly? <laughs> a little bit. Like plant community hot news. Plant mama thinks succulents are dirty. Honestly, I think it's like a common thing with the, within the houseplant world. Like if like I've seen memes about it where people are like, oh, what kind of plants do you have? And then they'll be like, oh, I'm really into succulents. And then they'll be like, oh, bye. <laughs> it's like a thing. It's a thing within the plant world because like. That's hilarious. I don't know. I Yeah. They just don't do it for me. They just personally, so they don't do it for me. <laughs> the plant the plant community, there's no discrimination unless you're a, a succulent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, um, so succulents, yeah. not super friendly. Not super beginner friendly, yeah. So okay. basically, um, succulent, ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm Could have said it better myself. <laughs> Do you have any other like tips for beginner plant planters? Yes, plantees, yes. Plant Let plants. me finish the, I guess like the beginner plants that I would kind of recommend. Yeah, um, sure. Because even if you don't have, okay, well, first off, light is king. Like any, any, type of plant you get is always determined by the amount of light that you you have right mm-hmm. like if any plant says like low light it doesn't mean that it thrives in low light it just tolerates low light better than other plants do okay. right so the reason that i usually recommend snake plants or zz plants to beginner plant parents is because they are low light tolerant so i mean especially if i'm coming into your home to style it like i'm 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 definitely not going to put that plant into a low light area yeah like i'm gonna want it to thrive in your home so i'm gonna put it in the brightest spot in your home but the reason i recommend them a lot for beginner plant parents is because they're just very resilient and forgiving Mm -hmm. like literally my snake plant and my zizi plants i will go sometimes months without remembering to water it (laughs) and they will still bounce back like they are completely fine um they're just, they really do thrive off neglect. Okay, maybe not thrive, but they're fine with neglect. Sorry, um, those, those snake plant and CC plant? ZZ plants. Like, it stands for Zam... I can't... Zam... I can't pronounce Z-Z? it. ZZ plant. ZZ. Oh, ZZ. Okay. Yeah. Um, stands for... ZZ by Kodak Black. <laughs> what the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. That's, uh... That's Zamia how much we know about Polkis that. Zamiafolia. That's what that stands for. But just everyone calls it ZZ plant. <laughs> and then another very easy plant that I would recommend for everyone is a, any type of pothos. Like your golden pothos, your regular green pothos. Like there's just so many different types of pothos that are really great because they're vining plants. So they grow so easily. And I feel like they're very beginner friendly. Is that the shit so that like pop- grows and like sticks to walls and just like starts keeping That's growing? ivy. Oh. That's ivy usually. But pothos can grow up walls too, but just not in our climates. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um Does that answer the question yeah. or do you want me to uh, No, go I think it's a good place to start. No okay. succulents, uh ZZ plants, snake plants and <laughs> pothoses are yes. beginner friendly and for yes. any, any other questions and inquiries, you can find Tiffany Ma at Yes. Plant Mama on Instagram, on TikTok, and anywhere you can find her. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to do some rapid fire questions real quick with you, Tiff. Uh, we like okay. to do this with some of our guests just so that um, you know our listeners can get a more 
like just learn more about the guests. And in your case, I, I think a lot of your uh, followers and your audience would like to know maybe some of these questions as well. Uh, so just really quick, just boom, boom, boom off the top of your head. Sure. Plant mom or cat mom? Cat mom. <laughs> that comes first. Oh, wait, I thought you were, <laughs> when I thought of cat, I thought you said dog. I don't know why. Because <laughs> oh, I didn't think cat or dog. She, that's hard. It's oh. okay, you don't need to uh, justify. Just, yeah, you just got to choose one. Yeah, I'm sorry, one. mooncake, yeah. plants. Oh, <laughs> for the record, uh, Tiff has a, what breed is mooncake? He's a Maine Coon. A Maine Coon uh, cat, super fluffy. We'll, we'll add it in the Instagram post uh, for this Very episode. fluffy, very chunky. <laughs> Uh, next question what's your mbti personality type enfp Ooh. i am the campaigner okay campaigner your favorite food when you're hung over oh pho it's gotta be pho yeah yes classic um if you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life who would it be <laughs> first don't hate me for this andrew but first first artist that comes up is drake I love Drake. Hey, we love Drake. Oh, wait. Well, who was it Josh that doesn't like Drake. Drake? What do you mean? I'm bigger <laughs> than both of you guys combined. Okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's the most expensive plant that you own? Oh, and how much is it? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. You don't have to answer that, actually. Oh, God. You guys can't see. Because you're not in the plant community, you're going to be like, what? No, the no. F- just No, no. I, I hear plants all the time from my coworkers. And uh, my coworker dropped a bag on that. Like, like some plants can be hella expensive yes, okay sure. the most that i've personally spent on a plant make sure my boyfriend drum roll it. please <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay i don't even want to say this um just give it a, like a range not like yeah. the hard number yeah yeah I'm, I'm trying to think what the rare plant was like because there's i just spend too much money on plants <laughs> um, 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 um okay it was it was 450 on a monstera elbow oh, oh yeah but monsteras are supposed to be exp- I, i'm not a plant person but i know monsteras are expensive expensive i was expecting like a thousand or like two thousand i haven't gone there yet okay. i feel like once i open that like it like it's just wait it there's leaves. plants that cost thousands of dollars oh there's plants that cost like tens of thousands of dollars yeah. right. did you post a reel yeah. that was like a plant that got auctioned off for like Two hundred thousand or some shit like that. Three hundred thousand actually. Fuck. Before, what? yeah. Uh, Apparently, it was rigged or like there was trolls that were bidding, but like <laughs> plants can still p- be privately sold for like fifty k. Yeah, I'm in the wrong business, yo. <laughs> so, uh, plant investing is the next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck crypto for a stock market. <laughs> Invest in succulents, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do that. <laughs> oh man, bitcoins more like bush coins. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> last question would you rather have nipple length fingers or finger length nipples <laughs> <laughs> and I want I want Andrew and Brian to get on that one too nipple length nip, fingers nipple length fingers finger <laughs> nipple length fingers nipple length fingers you, you can't use your hands fingers. then I know you I'll can't use your hands I'll, I'll have no hands you'd be like that small hand me actually no I'll be yeah you'd be like that no, I'll be uh, finger length, length <laughs> nipples. Yeah, you have to do it. I, yeah. I would, I would have to do that. Cause I want my hands. Finger length nipples. You have bro. to do it, but like otherwise, you can't use your hands. I love to like, you know, you know what, you know those um cloud <laughs> balloons. You know how you like yeah. <laughs> roll it up. I'll do that and then tape it. Yeah, I would go with the nipples. <laughs> 
I'll just press I it guess, down with my t-shirt and make yeah, it look like a pecs. Yeah, just tape it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's more difficult for men because, yeah, you're free the nipple, but... Yeah, <laughs> like the nipple. yeah I think I would... <laughs> I choose the nipples too, I think. Yeah. All right, let the record show Tiff Mom wants finger-length nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Over nipple-length fingers. <laughs> Tiff, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been so fun. I'm yeah. sure a lot of our listeners, especially my coworkers, are going to love <laughs> listening to this episode because this is all they talk about. Yeah. I feel like me and your coworkers would get along. <laughs> yes, exactly. Come on, come work with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. It was uh, nice talking to Tiff Ma here. Plant Mama. Or Plant Ma, sorry. Uh, you know, just seeing how she came to be about her business and her following her passion. So it was very interesting. And mm-hmm. hope you guys found it interesting as well. If you guys resonated with anything that we said in our podcast, um, you can DM us at our Instagram. And if you guys have any questions about your plans, um, you could always message Tiff. We will link her Instagram in her bio. And uh, yeah, if you like the episode and if you like enjoy the podcast, don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find our YouTube link in our link in bio. We will try to post some more fun content there. But uh, yeah, we like to stay engaged. So, uh, you know, give us a follow. Keep up with us. Yes, sir. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace, guys. I get those goosebumps every time. I want a penis flytrap. What about a a penis (laughs) flytrap? I'll give you a penis flytrap. That's disgusting. Andrew already has a penis (laughs) flytrap. Can we use that as a cookie? (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Sorry, Tiff, you're back? Uh, No, give me one second. (laughs) No worries. Anyways, back to penis flytrap. Sorry. I think Luke I had a cactus from chair. Ikea before, but <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep that. Was it real? Cactus are like the more, one of the hardest plants to kill. Uh, it was real, but it was like <laughs> the really tiny ones. Yeah. <laughs>